1: president donald
0: j trump and i'm about to talk to him about allegations that
1: he was involved with prostitutes in moscow and that the russians taped it and have leverage over him hello before we get started with the show i wanted to talk to you about uh, something that's near and dear to my heart and that is sleep i travel a great deal i travel all around the world i just got back from kiev crossing the moldovan border and the thing I always look forward to is getting back to my uh, king-size bed with my My Pillow mattress topper installed on the top. Now, I like a firm mattress because uh, I have back problems from uh, a long time ago uh, playing sports in high school. But I love my firm mattress with the My Pillow mattress topper on top. You get the firmness, but also it's like sleeping on a firm cloud. I really can't explain it, but it is the most comfortable sleep I have ever experienced in my life and I can't wait to get back to it every time I travel. If you go to my pillow right now with promo code CDM, you can get a 50% discount on the mattress toppers. Uh, Mike Lindell is giving out amazing discounts right now. Uh, get them while they last. Use promo code CDM at mypillow.com and get the Buy Pillow Mattress Topper, the best sleep you will ever experience. Thank you very much. Now on to our guest. Welcome back to Information Operation. Uh, I have a special guest today, uh, an old friend, Shaheen Gabodi from the Iranian Resistance or the National Council of Resistance in Iran. He is, I believe, their Paris spokesman for their Paris headquarters. Welcome, Shaheen.
0: Uh, Thank you so much for having me in your program and uh, have a good day to you and all your viewers.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So, Iran is back in the news. Uh, We have the Biden administration trying to make some kind of deal for some reason. We have the terrorist list up in question. Uh, Give us your thoughts from the resistance standpoint on both of those issues, if you could, please.
0: Well, regarding the, including uh, the Islamic Republic uh, uh, Guards Corps, the IRGC in the uh, foreign terrorist organization list, uh, all I can tell is that uh, terrorism is in in the DNA of the IRGC. Mm -hmm. It has been the case from the very, very, inception of this force, which is the main pillar of the regime's uh, repression at home, with uh, primarily targeting the dissidents and protesters, uh, uh, first and foremost, the activists of the People's Mujahideen Organization of Iran. Over the years, the regime has executed some 100,000 of the MEK activists and supporters in Iran, and IRGC has been the main, basically, uh, apparatus to pursue this uh, rule of uh, iron fist inside Iran. But also, outside of Iran, the regime has been systematically, uh, from the very inception, engaged in terrorism, warmongering, belligerence in the region and throughout the world. Actually, the long tentacles of the IRGC and terrorism has reached as far away as Latin America, I mean, Argentina, Africa, Europe, and even they have tried to, you know, uh, carry out terrorist operations inside the United States. And as I said, including uh, executing a lot of, murdering a lot of uh, dissidents abroad, in particular the activists of the NCRI, but also uh, many other uh, citizens of other uh, nationalities. And and as you know, they have been the main uh, apparatus for uh, killing uh, American servicemen throughout the region, uh, in particular Iraq, over Mm -hmm. the years. So if one entity deserves to be described as a foreign terrorist organization and be prescribed as such is the uh, IRGC. And that's why we see a growing concern in the U.S. For regarding any possibility of removing the IRGC from uh, terrorists. As you know, uh, a long list of, obviously, Republican senators and congressmen, but also, uh, most notably, uh, dem, uh, senators on the Democratic side have mm-hmm. voiced their concern about this prospect, and uh, a couple of weeks ago, a number of the members of the House of Representatives on the Democratic side also raised their concern. Uh, just a uh, uh, few days ago, 900 uh, Golden Star families, you know, wrote to uh, President Biden and warned about such a uh, prospect, and also about 10 days or 10 days ago or so. Uh, more than 500 prominent Iranian Americans, uh, who you know are professors, academicians, entrepreneurs at the highest levels in the United States, uh, warned against uh, such a prospect. So, as as I said, there's a growing reality in the United States uh, that this is a very bad idea, yeah, and misguided approach to the list IRGC because it would it would only embolden IRGC to carry out it's nefarious conduct, which has been the case for the past uh, four decades.
1: Where, where where do you think the uh, the effort or the push to remove the uh, Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps from the terror list, terrorist list, is, is that coming from certain elements within the Biden administration, do you know of, or is it coming from push from the outside, or do you have any idea?
0: Actually, this is the one of the demands that the Iranian regime has put on the table. And that's mm-hmm. important for the regime because, as I said, given the role that the IRGC plays for the very survival of the regime, that's quite understandable. Mm-hmm. The inclusion of the IRGC in the FTO list has very much limited. It's particularly financial uh Capabilities outside of Iran has and has and, put a lot of pressure on its means to finance its surrogates and prox- proxy groups like uh, Hezbollah uh, in, in Lebanon and Houthis in Yemen and elsewhere. So that's why the regime is so keen to see that IRGC is removed mm-hmm. uh, from uh, this designation because it has been effective. Uh, so the main impetus comes from. Uh, as I said, the Iranian regime, and obviously they have their lobbyists, and there are people who push for Tehran's agenda, you know, Mm -hmm. investing capitals in Washington, and they are also proponents of this uh, notion. But as I said, there is a growing uh, resistance against this concept because people realize what IRGC is all about. Yes. And and as I said, it's conduct. Uh, Case in point, in November 2019, when the Iranian people, uh, led by the MEK resistance units, uh, were involved in a massive uh, uprising in some 200 cities uh, mm-hmm. throughout the country, calling for uh, you know overthrowing the uh, the, uh, uh, the regime and uh, down with Khamenei. It was IRGC that, upon direct orders of Khamenei, came to streets and murdered
1: mm-hmm. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. protesters in cold blood, in broad daylight, and in a matter of just a few days, 1,500 innocent, defenseless protesters who were just calling for democracy and their rights and overthrowing the regime were murdered uh, in a cold-blooded way. Uh, Think of it, 1,500 protesters were murdered in broad daylight in a matter of a few days by the IRGC who came to the streets with full force. This is the role of this uh, entity which also, Mm -hmm. by the way, has now very much control of a major part, uh, somewhere close to 60% of the Iranian economy. I was going to ask about that.
1: Most people don't realize the IRGC controls the economy more like an oligarchy and kind of just siphons off funds from the Iranian people, correct, across the board? Exactly. This has been
0: a a clear pattern that Khamenei has pursued, particularly in the past two decades. More and more... uh, entities that control Iranian uh, economy mm-hmm. uh, major corporations uh, are being controlled by IRGC as you know IRGC has uh, dozens of its own private ports to import uh, things in Iran illicit uh, material in Iran and sell them without paying any customs mm-hmm. they pay no tax and they control you know telecommunications they even control on a lot of petrochemical Uh, sector of the society. Basically, in every major sector of the Iranian society, you think IRGC has its teeth on it. So, uh, as a matter of fact, the reason they want the IRGC to be removed from the foreign terrorist organization list is to have a longer leash uh, in in reference to its uh, economic activities Mm -hmm. and free reign Mm -hmm. in embezzling and and, uh, basically plundering the Iranian people's uh, capital in order to pursue their nefarious, as I said, uh, uh, and sinister objectives throughout the region, throughout the world, and in particular inside Iran. So yes, that's a very correct observation that over the years, uh, they have their basically financial empire Mm -hmm. has uh, increased dramatically. Uh, As a matter of fact, a few years ago, the NCRI office in Washington put out a very, very comprehensive report about how IRGC's uh, financial empire has uh, grown exponentially uh, in the past few years.
1: So talk to me about the Iran deal itself. What are your thoughts on um, what the regime wants from this uh, possible new agreement?
0: Well, you have to remember that so far as this regime is concerned, they have no intention of giving up the desire and the drive to acquire nuclear bombs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they view this as their strategic guarantor for survival. This has been a project that they have pursued vigorously for more than three decades with uh, th- uh, dozens and up to you know, maybe more than 100 or $200 billion of investment over the years, different estimates. Mm -hmm. And this has been an issue very, very closely followed by the Supreme Leader uh, Ali Khamenei himself. And one has to remember, in order to understand the objective of the regime in the nuclear uh, program, and have no illusion about the fact that this is all about acquiring nuclear weapons, is that not a single site, not a single project, not a single research of this regime in this field has been revealed by the regime it's a voluntary. It has yeah. always been after the fact that either the Iranian resistance, based on solid information obtained by the network of the Mujahideen inside Iran, has revealed it or it has been exposed from the other sources. Basically, it has been for the past three and a half decades, most notably since 2002, that the Iranian resistance exposed the very existence right. of uh, Natanz and Iraq for enrichment of uranium and plutonium site. It has been, catch me if you can, hide and seek uh, by the Iranian regime vis-a-vis the international community in general and IAEA in particular. So that clearly shows that the regime has no intention of giving up its uh, nuclear uh, weapons program. The original agreement, JCOPA, was full of loopholes. It did not block the regime's way to acquire nuclear weapons. It did not force the regime to be forthcoming and transparent regarding the uh, possible military dimensions of its nuclear program, the issues that has been always at the center of dispute between the regime and international community and IAEA. And as a matter of fact, if the international community was a bit firmer at a time, the regime was so weak that it would have no choice but to give up this whole program, but unfortunately, Instead of being a firm attitude, we saw appeasement and appeasement. Yes. And uh, placating, uh, giving the regime lots of latitude. And obviously the regime always wants uh, to have the cake and eat it too at the same time. So even at the time, uh, when the original agreement was signed in, uh, on July 2015, the Iranian uh, resistance, particularly Madam Maryam Rajavi, the president-elect, of the Iranian resistance, very very explicitly pointed out that all the money that will be unfrozen would be either plundered by the IRGC and Khamenei or be used for the regime's repressive and uh, repressive uh, policies at home or for uh, belligerence and uh, supporting terrorism abroad. And this is exactly what happened. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, as a matter of fact. After JCOPA, we did not see any improvement of the life of the Iranian people, far from it. We saw their uh, daily situation becoming worse and worse. But the regime's activities abroad intensified. Helping for groups like Houthi intensified. The regime's uh, bloody massacre in Syria uh, became more ruthless. So as a matter of fact, It is an illusion to think that by a deal, you can stop the regime's drive to uh, acquire nuclear weapons, that by a deal, the regime will abide by it and will give up its desire. And by such a deal, the the daily life of ordinary Iranians will improve. These are all delusional uh, aspects. The reality is totally different. So that's why the only policy that we think been proven in the past four decades to be effective is the policy of firmness and the policy of imposing tough sanctions on the regime's leaders and its uh, uh, financial uh, systems. Because every penny, every dollar that this regime uh, obtains, as I said, will be used against the Iranian people and against peace and stability in the region and the world.
1: Yes. Um, Talk to me about what's happening inside Iran. We've had different waves over the last several years of resistance, of uprisings, of, uh, you know, protests against the regime, against economic conditions. What's happening inside Iran right now?
0: Actually, I think this is the key to understand where we are today.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Iran of today is very bipolar. On the one side, what is a very, very rich nation? Which has about seven to eight percent of all of the resources of this planet in it, in terms of mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the the possibilities and the capabilities of this country, the people are living in a very very difficult situation. The institution has become rampant. Allow me to provide you some figures. According to the regime's mm-hmm. officials and statistics that one reads in the state press, somewhere from seventy to 80% of the population live below the poverty line. No. Think for a moment. 80% of the population lives below the poverty line. Uh, Some women, some disabled women, sell their newborn uh, child for as low as $32. $32, you heard me right. Yeah. Uh, People live in somewhere like 3,000 slums. Uh, on the sides of the major cities. So this is the type of uh, country that we have, and that's why the situation is so boiling. On the other hand, uh, there has been eight major uprisings since December 2017, January 2018. Most notably, on November 2019, the protests, as I said, was pervaded to more than 200 cities throughout the country, And it really pushed the regime uh, basically to the edge of the cliff. Uh, Mm -hmm. And this is what the regime's commanders and the IRGC commanders have acknowledged, that this situation was very, very uh, dangerous for them. And as I said, they said this was like World War III for us, and the IRGC had to mobilize all of its forces, in addition to the Minister of Intelligence and Security and all other uh, repressive forces to prevent the regime's overthrow. Uh, despite massacring 1,500 protesters in a matter of a few days, people were not subdued. And a couple of months later, uh, on January 2020, we saw people on the streets again uh, in, in big right. numbers. While there was some kind of a, a hiatus because of the corona pandemic, like everywhere else in the world, the protests picked up again in Iran since last... Uh, march and april and july actually in 2021 there were a major uprising every four months so you see iranian people have made up their mind they want to get rid of the uh, regime uh, and they are very very uh, steadfast another phenomenon which is very telling is a major rise and uptick in the activities of the resistance units which are affiliated to the the Mujahideen Organization of Iran. Right. Their activities have become much more uh, frequent uh, throughout the country, in all 31 provinces, almost day in and day out. Uh, and they have become much more conspicuous. On uh, uh, In January, for instance, when the regime was making a lot of razzmatazz about Ghassan Soleimani on the anniversary of his, el- of his elimination, the uh, uh eliminated former commander of the IRGC Quds force yes in a provincial capital uh of Shahrekord when Qasem Soleimani's uh, statue was uh, put up uh, with lots of fanfare uh, it was burned by a resistance unit just a few hours later and that's in the very yes, uh, telling sign uh, to the world that where the Iranian people stand when it comes to regime symbols and uh, the, the, what the regime is trying to push inside the society. Then on uh, January 27, 25 Iranian state TV and radio uh, networks were disrupted by the resistance units. And people saw slogans like, uh, down with Khamenei, long with Rajavi, uh, and pictures of Mr. Rajavi and Mrs. Rajavi, and pictures of Khamenei crossed out, which sent shock waves. Uh, throughout Iran and obviously it was very, very worrisome for the regime that its main apparatus of propaganda was disrupted like this in a broad daylight. Then uh, on March uh, 15 the websites uh, of the uh, the regime's Ministry of Islamic Guidance and Culture uh, were, uh, were put out of uh, commission and that was a severe blow to the regime as well. And also a new phenomenon is that Almost every day now, in shopping malls, in uh, public places, uh, in loudspeakers, slogans like "Down with Khamenei, along with yeah. Rajavi, the regime will be overthrown" are broadcast throughout the country. And this is very effective to break the spell of repression of the regime, and make of course. people more uh, people more uh, courageous and brave to stand up to the regime's repression. So. Iran is in a state in a in a turmoil, I would say.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and the regime's leaders acknowledge that they are in a very, very dire strait. And that's n- not surprising that despite the fact that Khamenei installed Ibrahim Raisi, the butcher of uh, Tehran, to prevent, to extend the tide, they have uh, failed uh, uh, miserably to that effect. And they keep warning that, you know, if another uprising takes place, uh, it will be much more severe and much more dangerous. And that's why the regime is very, very worried about this prospect, that as things are going, the situation is totally untenable.
1: Shaheen, that's all extremely interesting. We want to stay up on this story. Um, Is there anything else you want our our viewers to know uh, before we jump off here?
0: No, I think I covered a lot of bases.
1: Well, thank you for the update. Um, this is obviously a story that's is back in the news, and we want to have you back on down the road and and get an update several months into this. Thank you very much for your time.
0: Thank you so much, and I'm sure you will hear much more uh, about Iran. Uh, but I think the key is what's happening inside Iran, and the fact that the Iranian people and the resistance are determined to put an end to this dark chapter of the Iranian history and bring back Iran. To the country of nations where it belongs and as you know there is an organized resistance in national council of resistance of iran with a massive network of the people's majority of iran inside the country with an identifiable leader Madame mariam rajavi uh, who has a very clear plan for the future of iran in her 10-point plan so i think iran is ready for change the international community can help by adopting the right policy to stand on the side of the iranian people and their desire for change, and their right for regime change by themselves, and Mm -hmm. not to provide concessions to the regime unwarranted, which is totally unwarranted.
1: Not to not appease them, which they have been doing for a long time.
0: For more than uh, three decades, which has been a a total failure, and counterproductive in every aspect that one can imagine.
1: Thank you, Hash Shaheen. We'll, we'll be back, uh, soon. I appreciate your time.